You've just accessed Shekinah Glory, the place where God dwells among His people. Prepare now to receive the Lord as Pastor Rex Ricks connects you to the power of God through the prophetic revelatory preaching and teaching of the Word of the Kingdom of God. Experience the revelation of Jesus Christ on another level from the place where God dwells among His people. Now, hear the Word of the Lord. The ABCs of a team player. What are we talking about? Of a team player. Now, First um, Peter, of course, in succinct, when you study uh, the writings of Peter, what Peter is dealing with are Christians who have been persecuted or who are struggling because of persecution. So his letter deals a lot with encouraging Christians to remain firm in the faith, uh, to remain firm in the brotherhood. And of course, there is a great reward. Are you with me? So his, he, he writes to encourage Christians who are being persecuted. This particular text, that we're, verse that we're about to read, he's encouraging us as brothers to have or be of the same mind, to have unity, to be courteous to one another, to love one another as what? Brethren. Are you with me? Now, even though we're talking about the ABCs of a team player, I'm making reference to those of us who are believers. We are the players. You and I are the players. Who? Those of us who are believers. And the team that we play for, talking about Christians, we play for team kingdom. Now, I should have heard amens all over this place. Those of us who are Christians, we play for team kingdom, the kingdom of God. Our job is to help because we are co-laborers with Christ. Our job or co-laborers with God. We are to help advance the kingdom of God in the earth. We are God's representatives in the earth. Who am I talking about? Christians, believers, okay? So there should be a camaraderie among the brotherhood like no other fraternity has seen, like no other sorority has seen. As a matter of fact, the fraternities and the sororities should look at Christendom and say, hey, now they are really brothers and sisters. We should be so tight that everyone else wants to emulate what we have. Boy, this is, um, and we will see this when the Baptists can appreciate the Methodists. When a Methodist can appreciate the non-denominational. When the non-denominational can appreciate the interdenominational. When they can appreciate the church of God. When the church of God can appreciate the, 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 the this and the that. Those of us who say we are serving the true and living God. Once we see that love now, oh, they for real. But more so, we should see it at home. In, the, in our local communities or churches. Are you with me? So let's read this, and I'm going to give you the ABCs of a team player. And, and when you do this throughout this teaching, please look at self. Do a self-introspection, and I want you to notice the theme that God has given us this year for be, is being rooted in Jesus. We've talked about um, returning to your first love, not being lukewarm. So it's really a time for us to really do a self-introspection and reflect on how far have I fallen? What did he say to the church? At Ephesus, look how far you've fallen. And here's the thing. Why be saved if there is not going to be an attempt to walk it out? Don't play games. <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm not going to club and party all night Saturday or all week. Then come in and try to give you the word. I just walk away all together. 
Now, it, whatever you're working on, keep working, keep coming. But my point is, there has to come a time where we see a little bit more stability now. Because you've been saved too long to still be doing the nonsense, putting up with the nonsense, engaging the nonsense. Okay, let's, let's get back to the... But see, here, here's what some don't see. Because in the bigger scheme of things, it affects your performance as relates to the team. We don't need you hanging out, hanging out all night because it could affect your performance. Because when it's game time, we need you to show up and be ready. You remember uh, back when the playoffs was going on, and I think uh, some of the uh, receivers from the Giants went and hung out in Miami. And a lot of you know they made a little persecution because, man, it's playoff time. Why are y'all hanging out? What they were saying, do your thing, but right now, it's game time. You should be a little bit more serious now because what's at hand? And that's how we should be as Christians because from the time you got saved, the return of Christ, we're closer to the return of Christ now than when you got saved 15 years ago. Are you ready? Let's read this out loud. Finally, ready, let's read. Finally, brethren, be ye all of one mind, having compassion of one another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Do y'all see this? Let's read it again. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Now, circle that word brethren. And let's look at this same verse from the Good News Translation. Circle that word brethren. I'm going to give you some context on that word. To conclude, let's read. You must all have the same. Okay, you must who? That means everybody on the team. You must all have the same attitude and the same feelings, love one another, be kind and humble with one another. Write this down. I need you to write this down. Peter, right here in this verse, he lists five key elements that should characterize any group of believers. Write these down. I can't do it if I don't know it. He lists five key elements that should characterize any group of believers. Number one, harmony. There should be harmony among the team. Now, we haven't got to the ABCs yet, but all of these will coincide with the ABCs of a team player. So, number one is what? There should be what? Harmony among the team. Let me tell you where the harmony comes from. The harmony comes from being of the same mind, having the same attitude. Harmony is pursuing the same goals. So, as it relates to the vision, as it relates to any projects, we should all be of the same mind. Yeah, we can do it. We don't, we're not moved by numbers. All we need is the faith. Why? Because all things are possible unto him that, well, Pastor, that's $3 million. What's $3 million to a group of believers who are steadfast in faith? Let me tell you something. Jesus never told you to have the money. He told you to have faith. And your faith will produce the M-O-N-E-Y. Something else. He says, there should be sympathy in the body. What do you mean? Being responsive to others' needs, not just be concerned about your own needs. There should be brotherly love. What do you mean brotherly love? Seeing and treating each other as brothers and sisters. Seeing and treating each other as brothers and sisters. Can I say something? This is going to woo about six people. In the eyes of God. Just say you have a sibling that's not saved, right, biologically. God sees you, Brother Moore, and Brother Frederick, just as much blood brothers as he does you and your natural brother in the kingdom. Yeah. That bond, I submit to you, is, is much more 
significant than the natural one. Because if I have a natural sibling that's not saved, they're not considered a part of the body of Christ. Just like there was a time Jesus was preaching and some of the people came and got him and said, hey, man, your brothers and sisters are right. No, Jesus said, listen, no. You want me to tell you who my brothers and sisters are? Those who do the will of the Father. Those are my mother's brothers and sisters. Are you here? That's what get me, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get on it, but this thing with the spiritual father and son thing. If some of these guys really understood the true meaning of a spiritual son and father relationship, then the spiritual son should be treated just like the natural son. The spiritual son should have the same, I know some don't like what I'm saying, this is have the same benefits as the natural son. The spiritual daughter, I'm doing a book on that so that, that you don't have to, y'all got quiet. And a lot of you, you a lot of you, you hear me tell you, what do I tell you sometimes? I, I love you like a real daughter. All of you. And, and I treat you like natural children. You, you know which ones you can kind of, everybody's treated different. You know which ones are sensitive, which ones you got to handle with the long You know how to get on each. See, I can get on maybe Tamara differently than I can get on Olympia. I can get on Minister Williams maybe different than I can get on Brother so, so because I know them. And it should be. And if I'm really receptive to my spiritual parents, rebuke me, correct me, I'm showing up. Because I'm a team player. Boy, it's done got quiet. See, it for me, everybody was high. Ha, hoorah, go team. Now it's done got quiet. He also said you should be kind-hearted, being affectionately sensitive and caring toward one another. Be kind-hearted. This is what he's saying. These are five key elements that should characterize any group of believers right here in this verse. And next he said, you should be of a humble spirit. As team players, we should be willing to encourage one another and rejoice in each other's success. We should be humble in spirit. We should be willing to encourage one another and rejoice in each other's success. Man, that, all my pastor friends, man, I'm rooting you on, man. I'm happy for you, bro. My thing is, man, let's ride, baby. See, see, and see, and when you understand your position, you're never threatened nor intimidated by somebody else's position or by somebody else. No, no, man, I can. Re- hey, listen, man, I know what God spoke over. I, I'm not the least bit worried. I know God when He says something, He's going to bring it to pass. So I'm never intimidated. I can call them, appreciate them, and the ones that I can. And 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 when we on, when we talk, I talk to them like this, my brother. I don't dress them apostle, but God bless all that. But if we really brothers, I should be able to say, but see, I'm going to show you in a minute. The reason why, and I've, I've always done this, the reason why I call them my brother, because it's much more significant than a title, pastor, apostle, bishop. Because we're about to see that that word brother carries some weight. So if you talk to them, I always say, what's up, my brother? Because there, there's, there, there, there's a connection here that's deeper than this thing in the natural. And it should be, and they know they can trust me. If you call me Rex, don't bother me. I'm not title struck. You know, I don't, it, it, Lord, I, can I just help somebody? So and it should be, maybe this will help somebody. We should be able to talk like, like we talk. I, I shouldn't have to address you, Apostle, Dr. Bishop, if I put a post on you. Why can't I just say, what's up, John, my friend? If you're offended because I don't address you by pastor, see, we, see, see that, 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 there's some humility need to be addressed there. Sound like some pride going on. Because if you're my brother, you should know in what wise I'm addressing you and you not get all topsy-turvy. Let, let's talk about the ABCs of this. Okay, 
uh, write the definition down of team. What are we talking about? The ABCs of a team player. Write this down as one of the working definitions for team. It's a group or company of people who work together to achieve a common goal. A group or company of people who work together is the operative word <laughs> to achieve a common goal. Who wrote that down? Huh? Harmony, sympathy, sympathy, brotherly love, kind-hearted, humble spirit. That's not five? Humble spirit. That's not five? Okay. Excuse me. Listen. Uh, this is the definition of a team. A group or a company of people who work together to achieve a common goal. Y'all got it? Now, listen to this. You can write this down too. A strong team, because this is a strong team, exhibits mutual commitment, shared responsibility, accountability for the collective performance of achieving goals and objectives. A strong team exhibits mutual commitment. We understand, man, we in this together. Shared responsibility. You can't play every position. Let me help you. If you're better at receiver, I'm going to let you play. I'm not trying to be the receiver, quarterback, defensive lineman, safety, corner, halfback, fullback. No, I know my position. <laughs> okay, that, that, that was a good place to. Because you can't play all positions well at one time. You can only play one position effectively at one time. And sometimes what we have, we have, we got too many players but not enough playing their positions. So what happens, we have ones who not qualified to be quarterback trying to quarterback because the quarterback that's supposed to be quarterbacking don't understand commitment. We got folk who are receivers who don't understand commitment. So we got folk who are playing safety trying to be receivers. But if the receivers would get in his or her position, then the safety could do his job. And why am I yelling? And the ones that really get me are the ones that try to be the coach, pastors. No, I know my position. You play your position. I got mine, but you are not the coach. Boy, this is so, thank you, Sister Moore. Brethren, a lot of times, and, and here we see Peter using it in our text, but throughout the Apostle Paul's writings, he often uses the word brethren. That's the word that King James used, brethren, brethren, brethren. So you see him using this word as he writes or when he writes to the churches. But it's a deeper meaning. It has a deeper meaning just, what's up, brother? No, it's, it's deeper than that. Listen to this. In its very oldest sense, the word, and it's, and it's, it's actually pronounced Adelphus, Adelphus in the Greek, and it means brother. And it was used by physicians in the medical world, listen to this, to describe two people who were born from the same room. L listen to me now. Did you, you guys hear? In the oldest sense, the word Adelphus was used by physicians in the medical world, Sister Givens, to describe two people who were born from the same womb. You follow me? So when the early Greeks addressed each other as brethren, they meant to convey the idea that you and I are brothers. We came out of the same womb of humanity. We have the same feelings. We have similar emotions, and we deal with the same problems in life. So when they said brother, we were brothers in every respect of the word. We are truly brothers. Now, so this is what 
Apostle Paul was thinking when he would address churches uh, or readers using the word or when he would address them as brethren. By using this terminology, he brought himself right down to the level of his readers to identify with their position in life and their personal struggles and victories. So he was saying, you're not in this long. In this long, I understand teamwork. He, he wasn't trying to make himself up here and everybody else down here. <laughs> yeah, here, man. Let me tell you something, man. One of my prayers, Lord, no matter how much you, and thank God for having such a great father as an example, no matter how much you bless us, let me remain humble. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 God bless everybody else. I don't need an entourage. I can go to Walmart by myself. When, when I do go, I can go downtown by myself. No, I, can do, I, carry two, I carry two guns. I don't want to get on that right now, but I'm not looking for trouble. But my point is, you know, there are no superstars, but Jesus is the only superstar. I'm not going to let y'all make me into some kind of, no, no, no. Jesus is the only superstar in this place. Now, respect the office and things, but, but, you know, no, no. I'm not exalting myself above the throne of God. See, I'm like Apostle Paul. Man, I understand becoming all things to all men that I may win the more. Not doing what they do, but I can identify with. And not act like I'm up here and everybody else is down there. <laughs> Are y'all with me? So the Apostle Paul, when he, when he would use this terminology, he was identifying with their struggles as well as their victories. Listen to this. They were truly brothers born from the, listen to this, from the same womb of God. You and I are born, those of us who are believers, are, are born from the same womb of God. Related, Sister Gilliam, by the blood of Jesus. And we are members of the same spiritual family. Y'all miss what I just said. Those of us who are believers, we come out of the same womb of God. And what makes us blood related is the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? So that's what makes us part of this spiritual family. So technically, you are not lying when you say we are blood related when we're talking about Christians. We are blood related. How? By the blood of Jesus. Boy, y'all. Now, this word, brethren, also had another very significant meaning during New Testament times. L let me back up a little bit. So, back again, when I would address some of my, when I address my buddies as, what's up, bro? I'm thinking, come from the same spiritual womb. We're connected by the blood of Jesus. So I'm always my brother. Because it carries much more weight than what's up, pastor. Because I don't talk to my natural brothers like that. I address them by, see, y'all, so see, we getting, talking to pastors now. So. Now, as parishioners, you, you honor the office. Don't, don't, you, you call me Rex after church and see what I'm going to do. <laughs> See, because some will get this twist. All right, Rex, we'll see you later. I mean, I, I'm not going to hate, but, but, but I know, okay. So you're trying to be funny. That's all right, though. Look, uh, so it also had another very significant meaning during New Testament times. A meaning, and, and, and it's sad because it's, it's a meaning that doesn't someone have the same significance today. Because if we really understood brotherhood and sisterhood as Christians, man, it, it, I mean, it, it would be hard not to see it. It was used during the time of Alexander, Alexander the Great to describe faithful soldiers. 
A lot of times I may be places people say, you're in the Army. I say, and I always say, the Army of the Lord. I try to get that discount. I'm, I'm expecting favor every day. I'm going to say. I guess because they, they, they see them guns. They're like, you in the Army? No, I'm in the, I'm, in the, I'm in the service of the Lord. Does that work? Does that apply? No, I, I understand. I'm in the Army too, but not that. You know, we're talking about the armed forces there. <laughs> then I say, I am a soldier of the Lord in the Lord's Army. Well, I give it to you today, but don't tell you. Don't, don't, that, that, don't, don't tell nobody. <laughs> I bet the next time you ask, are you in the service, you, you know what you're going to say? I'm in the army of the Lord. <laughs> it worked for pastor. <laughs> but Alexander the Great used this word to describe faithful soldiers. These, I, I need you to hear this because one, now we're about to get an ABCs of a team player. The fi- these fighting soldiers were true brothers. Comrades and partners, listen to this, who were united to fight the same fight, handle the same weapons, and win the same wars. They understood unity. We're in this together. We're fighting the same fight. Those of us who are believers, we're fighting the same fight. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.